This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Those voices you heard are, of course, the typical hosts of this show, Chris Canny and Chris Carlin. This is Canny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Canny and Carlin, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm neither Canty nor Carlin. I'm Michael Rothstein. I'm with Andre Snellings. But we have a special guest for you. It is, of course, Chris Carlin, one half of Canny and Carlin. Carlin, welcome back to your show. Gentlemen, <laughs> we did it. Yes, we did it. We yes, did we it. can. Yes. <laughs> you have returned. The prodigal sun has returned. <laughs> What's well, going on, boys? Not too much. We're just, ha- you know, I- I'm scaring. Andre throughout the entire show with what's going to happen in about 10 minutes and and we'll, we'll leave the audience you know what's going to happen Andre doesn't it's very oh, exciting for I, me I, I'm very scared but, <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's very exciting for me but I, I want to start here because it, it kind of dovetails with what we talked about on Friday when the Washington commanders kind of agreed to get sold with Josh Harris and, and it plays into the Sixers I think the fact that Josh Harris is about to buy an NFL team and spend a whole bunch more money could that potentially play into how they handle Doc Rivers or James Harden? Because there's only a limited amount of money even for billionaires. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think it'll play into it. I understand the mentality of it. If, if money is keeping Doc in the job, I think you really shouldn't be owning a basketball team at this point because that, that's, that's not enough that um, should be making the decision for you. The same thing with Harden. Salaries at this point shouldn't be making that decision. As far as Doc's concerned, the 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 history, what's happened the last couple of years, I I just don't see the Sixers getting to the next level with Doc. Is he completely at fault for what's happened here? No, but I, I don't see them elevating here. And when you have a couple of really good. Uh, different options out there, whether it's if Nick Nurse is interested, if uh, Monty Williams is interested, and I'll even throw Jay Wright into the mix for the heck of it. If those guys are interested in the job, uh, then I think you have to explore it and be looking at somebody that's going to take you to the next level. I, Boy, if money is keeping them from, from fire and dock, and I, I just think they're making a mistake. Interesting. So... You know, I was going to ask about, so we, we talked about what player may or may not be kind of to blame for what we saw yesterday in uh, for among the 76ers. And, you know, Harden is the one that always catches my eye because mm-hmm. his splits of playing well and wins and horrible and losses are so obvious. But I pointed out that, that you know, Pom- Chief Pompey said that Joel Embiid wasn't healthy. And your response was kind of, this is something we've heard before. So you say that you don't think they can get to the next level with Doc. Do you think they can get to the next level if this is going to be a consistent issue with Embiid? Can they get to the next level with him? See, I think I think Embiid is the centerpiece. I, I am not one of the people that's going to sit and scream they need to move on and trade Embiid while, while he still has high value. I, I would not say that. I think Embiid is perfect for that city. I think he is perfect for that team. The problem is they are going to have to manage this much better moving forward because they are consistently, to me, Andre, in this position every year where something with Embiid is banged up, and everybody's banged up. We get it. But Embiid has that that tall body that is so susceptible um, 
to falls and falling awkwardly and something can happen here and there and you know it scares the daylights out of you every time he hits the deck um i think Embiid is part of the solution i don't know that james harden in a number two role is part of the solution certainly not if he is looking for max money and i know Stephen a has said that uh, maybe the houston rockets were not going to go max money with uh with um harden uh, if he is looking for big time money, then I think, you know, we need to possibly think about what's next. Now, having said that, what options do you have? For me, I am doing everything I can to to knock on the Dame Lillard door if he is ready to leave out there. I don't know if he is or not. It it sounded like he was finally thinking about it. If that's the case, like he's the perfect guy to me to to be paired with Embiid. We're talking to Chris Carlin, one half of the hosts of this show, Candy and Carlin, on ESPN Radio, along with Andre Snellings. I'm Michael Rothstein. And Carlin, following on that, and it's kind of what I was going to ask you next. What would you do if you were the Sixers this offseason? Like, put yeah. on your general manager hat. Is Lillard option one? Is he one A? Like, wh- where would you go if you could craft this offseason for the Sixers? If I, that would be option one. Now, what does a deal look like? They have a couple of things that might be attractive, and those two things: number one, Tobias Harris is an expiring contract after this year. Uh, number two, after this coming year. Number two, Tyrese Maxey is a young player, and they're obviously going to be looking for young players. Um, and Draft picks now, it's a little tricky in that the picks that they could trade right now are a little further down the road, but that may not be such a bad thing because if the Sixers are making those trades, they're making it to win here in the short term, and by the time you know, 27, 28, 29 roll around, those picks could be really good picks. So you know, if that's the kind of thing we're talking about with the swaps in there, then, then that's where I'm going first. Where I'm going second is I I don't know right now like <laughs> who is who is the other um, guard really good guard slash small forward scoring player that is going to pair well with Embiid or the you know I I don't know that I, I Maxie's young I don't know what the what the ceiling is there and Andre you can answer that one better than me mm-hmm. I have been trying to figure out what the ceiling for Tyrese Maxey is going to be. Yeah, I mean, to me, his ceiling is a good maybe third player on, on a championship team. Yeah, um, I, I don't see him even necessarily in the second slot, but I think he can be a contributor on a championship, um, just just not your top guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he can be the top guy or the number two either. I, I don't know that James Harden at this point can be the number two. Mm-hmm. I, if, if Harden were to be... With the Sixers, I think it would have to be in a number three capacity here moving forward. Interesting. Dame Lillard playing next to the process. I mean, <laughs> listen, I don't even know if they could pull that off. I don't know if they could. But Lillard and Embiid together, that would be something. Yes, it would. That would be something. It would definitely be, a, I think, an alteration to the process. Or maybe that would be the end of the conversation of the process ever. Yeah, I mean, you know, for what it was, it worked. They just picked a couple of the wrong guys. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the whole idea was we can't sign players because they have no interest in coming here, so we have to draft the big guys, and they did with Embiid. Uh, and then, you know, Ben Simmons kind of – and by the way, 
How about the Ben Simmons troll job? How about we pipe down? How about we settle down, Ben? Okay? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think the la- it feels like the last time Ben Simmons was on the court was when he refused to dunk for the Sixers. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Anyway. Okay. All right. So let's shift gears a little bit away from Philadelphia to the team they played against. There were questions, just like we're asking now, what's going on with the 76ers because they lost. Had the Celtics lost, there were some questions about the future of, of Jalen Brown. Was he going to stay on the team? He was second team All-NBA. Was he going to get the Supermax? All of those things. Now that they're in the conference finals, do you think that ensures that Jalen Brown returns to Boston? I don't know if it ensures it because of all the things that he has said before. I think the further they go, uh, the better the chance. Uh, he's going to get the Supermax, so at the very least... You can put it off for a year. If they go and win a championship, man, it would be very difficult to leave that pairing, wouldn't it? I mean, if you're mm-hmm. Jalen Brown and you know that you and a 25-year-old Jason Tatum can dominate the Eastern Conference for the next five to six years, why would you want to leave that unless you were really unhappy in the city of Boston, which he wouldn't be the first that that was the case with. So, And, and it feels like some of the consternation that he's had is has stemmed out of that uh but to me uh the way that they have i i really give a lot of credit to the celtics here the last couple of days because i'm going to be honest i didn't have faith that they were going to get it done in game six uh i think from a whole nother level here with tatum he has vaulted himself to me he's a top three player in the league like uh, to me, it's Giannis, it's Jokic, it's and in, in any particular order, it's Giannis, it's Jokic, it's Tatum, and that's because all right, we we saw forty six last year against Milwaukee when they needed it, um, atrocious in Game Six, but I, there's something special about a guy that can put it all in the rearview mirror and take over when it counts, and then fifty one yesterday, I mean that was just the, these are virtuoso performances. They they absolutely have been. We're talking to Chris Carlin, one half of the hosts of this show, Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, alongside Andre Snellings. I'm Michael Rothstein. And the other part of the Celtics conversation has been around Joe Missoula. Do you buy that maybe Missoula proved something, or does 51 from Tatum in an epic performance maybe take away from Missoula being able to guide this team to the conference finals? It'll make anybody look good. Yeah, I mean, that, that's for sure. Here, here is the ball. Go take it. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's okay. But, wheel. Yeah, but I mean, Andre, I don't know how you feel about this. I, I really feel like in game six, at the very least, he recognized that he was making mistakes, and I even think he was – you know, wanting to go back to it at times, but when he went to Williams and Absolutely. Horford together, yeah. like when they went defense and it actually looked like defense was important to him and it looked like the rest of that team responded to it. Like it, it was, they were not, it didn't feel like they were buying in before that as much as they love Williams, but when they really went to that defense first mentality, uh, I think it, it really shifted for them. Uh, in winning game six. And and for me, uh, you know, Missoula, the whole idea about the adjustments game one and game two and, and spouting off about that was silly. Um, he recognized, hey, I got to change something here myself, whether it's players getting on him about it, whatever it, whatever happened, it happened. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was a huge factor. Absolutely. Because 
the the Celtics are so deep and talented, they can win in multiple ways. And they were, through those first five games or so, playing like a team that had to live by the three and die by the three. Yeah. Whereas last season, they were in the conference finals based around their defense and starting those two excellent defensive big men. And so for him to pull that out in game six and say, hey, let's let's show that we can win this way and make them adjust, that was a big adjustment for Missoula. And it may be the one that ultimately ended up uh, getting them to the next round. Uh, uh, Wendy pointed this out last week. I thought it was interesting. He said, you know, early in the series and, and throughout the series, up until like game five, Whenever he was asked a question about defense, he he ultimately ended up spinning it back around to the offensive end. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's an offensive coach, but understands at least that this is what's going to win for his team. Then, hey, we can knock the guy all we want, and, and Doc was making or he was making Doc look great uh, <laughs> midway through this series, but he at least he he made the changes he needed to make. Kenny and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Make sure your family is well taken care of with life insurance. Protect your phones, laptops, and more with electronic device insurance. And cover your furry friends with pet health insurance. What the hell is this? (laughs) Exactly. So... (laughs) Carlin, you can't see this on the screen right now, but Andre is like doubled over in laughter and I think confusion right now. <laughs> the hilarious part was I didn't realize that was a drop. I thought Carlin was really saying, what the hell is this? And, and I was agreeing like, yeah, what, what the hell is this? <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> Honestly, what the, I still don't know what the hell it is. I mean, it's... It, it, Please, Michael, uh, enlighten us as to who won Eurovision, because I don't know about you guys. I have been on the edge of my seat all weekend long waiting to find out. What is Eurovision? Like, y'all refuse to tell me. I'm like the only kid that doesn't know. I'll explain for you here on Kenny and Carlin, which for the last three, uh, three episodes of the show has been overtaken by my love of Eurovision. Eurovision is the Eurovision song contra- song contest. Andre, it is the one of the biggest watched things in the world. Actually, every, so every country in Europe, if they want to submit an artist and a song, and they go to a place. At this point, it was in Liverpool in England this year, and they compete in a song contest with an original song. That was Doreen. She is from Sweden. She won Eurovision on Saturday, the four-hour grand final. She's the second person to ever win Eurovision twice. So now Sweden gets to theoretically host it next year if they want. But it is a massive deal. Like million like hundreds of millions, millions of people watch this guys. I, I realize that that, you know, it's it's not an American thing, but millions of people watch this. This is a big deal worldwide. Like Eurovision's a thing. Just How am I Twitter. supposed to take this thing seriously when Kanjak clearly got robbed out of Finland? How am I supposed to? <laughs> seriously. Finland did. They did. Finland was the people's I, choice. I, I mean, who were the officials here? Scott Foster? I mean, come on. <laughs> I did not see that coming. I. I thought this was like a, a, a European soccer tournament or, or, you know, like some 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 sport. That, that I had no idea that we were going with like a national American idol, essentially. And, and here's yeah. the thing about it, Michael. It, like when I look at this thing online, it it feels like it is an SNL spoof of itself. <laughs> I don't know if that's fair or unfair. And I know it's popular around the world. 
I get it. I, I it all sounds like uh, semi Euro techno music, which I guess is the point. Some of it, some of it, very much is. It, it depends on the artist and the country. Like Germany's uh, entrant this year, which finished in last. I think they finished in last among the finalists. Was like hardcore, like death metal. Like it was, it was intense. It, it it's supposed to kind of represent like what your country's about and what the best of your country song is mostly in like up and comers right now there have been some really famous people carlin that have come out of this including abba olivia newton john performed in this celine dion performed for switzerland one year in this mm-hmm. like, is that where they like, were discovered uh abba was and okay. I think Olivia wow. Newton-John was. Yeah, Abba, Abba was that. Like Abba's the one that really took this thing off a little bit. It's gone on since the 1950s. Like it's it's a big deal, guys. Oh my God, I'm looking at this this guy from Germany, Lord of the Lost, <laughs> and the name uh, the name of the song is Blood and Glitter. <laughs> oh wow. my God, this guy would scare the hell out of me. This, uh, he, wow. he scared the hell out of my television yeah. uh, on Saturday. And it, see, this is also the benefit of recovering from knee surgery, Carlin, is uh, you can't do a lot. You're not that mobile, so you're just kind of like I had a really good built-in excuse. Yeah, the, the closest <laughs> I'm coming to checking this out is Ted Lasso. That's, that's about as close <laughs> as I'm yeah. Hey, yeah. listen, we, I, could do, I could do five segments on Ted Lasso. Don't, don't tempt <laughs> me here, Carlin. <laughs> do not, do not poke good, the bear. Listen, I love it. I love it. I, I, I admit I'm in a, every week. Every Listen, week. three, three. I watch it. So seriously, I watch it. It comes out, you know, early. It's supposed to come out Wednesday. It comes out Tuesday around nine o'clock uh, mm-hmm. on the East Coast. I'm watching somewhere between nine and nine thirty. If I'm home, it starts. Wow. Yeah, I uh, might get to it. My wife and I might get to it uh, till like Thursday. If I, it's one of those shows now where we watch it together, and if we don't, it's going to be a problem for me. Like oh, if I don't, that's not good. Yeah, if I try to watch it without my wife. And and same, I would be just as annoyed if she watched it without me. Yeah. Absolutely. What the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> this? Hey, listen, Carlin. That is, I can tell you this. That is maybe one of the few benefits of being single. So I, I can watch it at whatever time I want, whenever I want. And the only person that's going to complain about it is myself. Well, you you hold on to that single life, my friend, for as long <laughs> as you can. <laughs> Yeah, we will see. Hey, bud, thanks a lot for taking uh, taking some time and 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 once again indulging my Eurovision nonsense. Thanks, guys, appreciate it. <laughs> that, of course, Chris Carlin, one half of Kenny and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. I'm Michael Rothstein. He's Andre Snellings. Coming up next, which big man's more critical in this series, Anthony Davis or Nikola Jokic? We're going to get into that more after Andre has this word from Indeed. If your summer hiring program is heating up, then make the whole process more chill with Indeed. Their powerful hiring platform makes it simple to attract, interview, and hire candidates all in one place. Just sponsor a post and get matched instantly with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. And you can even schedule and conduct virtual interviews all from the Indeed website. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply reggie white who's a defensive end for the green bay packers says that the firebombing of his church in knoxville tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him first there was one fire then there was another then there was another it wasn't just reggie's church that burnt down hundreds of churches burned in the 90s i think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit and that has to do with racism was this 1996 or 1956 30 for 30 podcast and antscape presents through the flames listen now wherever you get your podcasts Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. DiVincenzo gets it, blocked by Davis at the cup. One second to go in the half, reads the heat from half, it's good! The streamers fly as the Lakers, the seventh seed, will face Denver for the Western Conference title. It's unbelievable, man. I thank God every day. We've gotten past the two really phenomenal teams. This recent one being world champions four times over. I'm really, really having a ball coaching this team and representing this organization. Uh, I feel like LeBron James right now. And not because I'm good at anything, but because I'm old. And in the break, we were talking about the birth years of certain people that are in the board over in Bristol. And we were talking about certain people who might get hired soon. And all of a sudden, they're talking about how they're going to hire people in the 2000s. And uh, I was born in 1980, and now I feel very old and ancient. And I imagine that is how LeBron James often feels when he looks around the locker room and sees some of the guys he's playing with, as many older players tend to do. But LeBron James... He's still kicking. He's still playing as the Los Angeles Lakers head to the Western Conference Finals. That starts tomorrow night against the Denver Nuggets on ESPN. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. Kenny and Carlin is always presented by Progressive Insurance alongside the doctor, Andre Snellings. I'm Michael Rothstein. And Dre, did I make you feel old by just saying that? Uh, Yeah, because you okay. are not the oldest person on this, um, on this show. Wait, it's- I'm not? Uh, no, you, you Hallelujah. said. <laughs> uh, Hallelujah. Let's just say my birth year uh, starts with a seven. It was 1970 something. So, Oh, okay. When you said seven, I was like, wait, were you born in like ancient Greece? <laughs> yes. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really Highlander. You know, there could be only one. <laughs> you are, you are a Viking. You are, uh, you are Thor. Yes. Thor. <laughs> exactly. Or, or, okay. So you can will, you can wield Moldenar then. 
Yeah, and the hammer. I mean, and the um, that, the axe. That is the hammer. You know, I got both of them. No, I got the axe too. You know, like uh, uh, well, sometimes I, I take the bigger one. Well, I'm not going to win. I, I lose that battle. But <laughs> I, 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 seriously, now you've got a hammer and axe, and you're Thor. I'm, I'm just <laughs> congratulations, sir. You can you can pass. You shall pass. Uh, well, all right. <laughs> well, well you know, we're going to see, however, who passes between the Lakers and the Nuggets here to get to the NBA Finals, which. We'll see whether they play the Celtics or the Heat. It's a good matchup no matter who ends up playing because I'm fascinated by this Heat team. But let's get into the Lakers a little bit because LeBron James talked a little bit earlier today and we're joking about health and we're joking about being older here, right? But here's what LeBron James had to say about the importance of his health and the health of one Mr. A.D. Anthony Davis. It's just health. Um, it's all boiled down to health of myself and AD and this franchise since we joined each other five years ago or five, four years ago. So it's always come down to health. Isn't it always, though? Yeah. Dry? Like, isn't everything about health? Like <laughs> Availability is the best ability. In every sport, in every way. It, it really is. That, that's like kind of the most important thing. But for the Lakers to win this, they need AD and LeBron to be healthy and rested. Because Jokic, Jamal Murray, they're younger. They're going to be able to run faster. Plus, they play in the higher altitude and are used to that, too, in Denver. All of that, I think, is going to be quite interesting. But let's focus in on Anthony Davis and Nikola Jokic because this matchup might determine the series, right? Yeah. Which guy is more important to their team, AD or Nikola? Yeah, so it's a tough question because the answer you would say has to be Jokic, right? Because if Jokic isn't the... MVP of the Nuggets and the best big man on the court, they have no chance because everything that the Nuggets does goes through him, particularly on offense. He has to be able to not just create his own shot, but he's one of the few centers that has to create everyone else's looks as well. So if he's not the best, then this is a short series. But to me, it's not so much a question of which one's better. It's more which one can make the other more uncomfortable, right? Because Davis is the defensive anchor, the rim protector for the Lakers, and they depend on him being able to help out and block shots. But if Jokic can pull him away from the rim, that could be advantage Denver. But on the flip side, Jokic defends on making opposing centers uncomfortable and taking them out on the perimeter and facing up. But AD is actually athletic enough to be comfortable on the outside. So can he make Jokic uncomfortable? To me, I think that's the that's where the decision uh, lies. Who does more to make the other uncomfortable, not who ends up playing better? Because if it's not Jokic, then this is a short series. I agree with you totally on Jokic. To me, Jokic should be the best player on the court regardless of team. And that's not a knock on LeBron James. LEBron James is 38 years old. But 38-year-old LeBron James should probably not be the best player on the floor in a Western Conference Finals at this point. Nikola Jokic is a two-time MVP. You could make the argument he could have been a three-time MVP, except Joel Embiid won this year. You can make that argument for Nikola Jokic. So he should be the best player on the court. He is the fulcrum for how this series goes. As you said, Nikola Jokic doesn't play well, Dre. This thing's over real quick, and we're talking about LeBron James maybe in the NBA Finals against the team he used to play for, the Miami Heat, or the Boston Celtics, and there's Lakers and Celtics, and we can all load up the old electronic arts sports game for the Sega Genesis, <laughs> Lakers versus Celtics in the NBA playoffs. Uh, yeah. To age both of us appropriately. 
it's it has to be Jokic, and Jokic has to almost play out of his head. I think to for the Nuggets to win this series. Yeah. So one thing that's interesting, you know, I am a nerd. I am a numbers guy. And so if you look at the impact stats, uh, ESPN's real plus minus. I think it's very interesting that Joel Embiid was number one this season in in impact as measured by a person, a player's presence on the court correlating with their team scoring margin. But Jokic ended up fourth. LeBron James ended up third. And so the season's a marathon. Jokic played more minutes. In the regular season, I give you your point. LeBron's 38. Jokic should be the best. In a playoff series where there's a day or two between games, LeBron can be, like the old men say, he can be all the man once that he ever was. So, And if we're looking at that real uh, RPM top 10, Anthony Davis is also there. The Lakers have two of the top 10. The Nuggets do not. So Jokic has to be the best in order for the, the Nuggets to have a chance. But I'm not convinced that he just organically is the best. I think the Lakers have two guys that on a given night will be able to uh, compete with him for that crown. And if they win it that particular night, the Lakers should win the game. Hey, I'm pumped for this series. Dre, I, I'm I'm going to be parked in front of my television, not because I have to, not because ESPN pays me for these sorts of things, but because I want to be to watch the Nuggets and the Lakers. This is going to be fun. The NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in Tuesday as the Nuggets host the Lakers. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and Sirius XM Channel 80. Lakers and Nuggets Game 1 will be a hot ticket. Hot ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Get great deals on the hottest tickets. Experience it live. Coming up next, we're going to go out to Seattle to understand the importance of the Kraken who play a Game 7 tonight against the Dallas Stars and maybe, just maybe, go to the Stanley Cup Finals. This is Cannon Carlin on ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. See, this is my type of music, uh, <laughs> at least if it's not Eurovision. Hey, hey, and Dre is moving a little bit here. We we got it. We got it. We found we found the the mutual music here. And of course, that is Seattle music. That is Nirvana. This is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I'm neither Canty nor Carlin. Andre Snellings, Michael Rothstein, we're in for the guys today. And playing Nirvana, playing some grunge means only one thing. We're going out to Seattle. Greg Bishop, senior writer for Sports Illustrated, one of my good friends for too many decades. Greg, thank you for taking some time. And I'm very curious what it's like today in Seattle with the Kraken, even though they're on the road, getting ready to play a Game 7. What, what's this atmosphere like in Seattle around this team right now? Well, thank you for having me, guys. Mike, I wouldn't have taken you for a Nirvana guy, but learn something new every day, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of weird, to be honest, because I've, I've lived in the greater Seattle area for most of my life. I've, I was here when the Mariners had their run in the 90s and the 2000s. I was here when the Sonics had their run in the mid-2000s before they were yanked from our grass. And... People are just really excited about hockey. It, it still kind of blows my mind. Like, everywhere you go, you see cracking hats, cracking jerseys. I saw somebody walking down the street today with a hockey stick, and I can't tell you that's ever happened before. So I think people are starting to catch the fever a little bit here, hockey fever. Why do you think that they've taken to this team so quickly? 
Well, I think success has part, part, partly to do with it. You know, I, I always describe Seattle sports fans as kind of new money. Like, they're very sensitive. But when teams are good, they have no problem hopping on the bandwagon, which, by the way, I don't have a ton of problem with. You know, when the Mariners got, got decent at the end of last season, the park was a lot closer to full. When the Seahawks had their run, you know, about, uh, whatever, 10 years ago now, you know, the 12s became one of the, you know, most loudest, uh, obnoxious fan bases in sports. And now I think what you're seeing is, is uh, a fun fan experience. Cracking games are enjoyable to go to. You're seeing a new sport that people are sort of wrapping their arms around. I think there's probably a little bit of uh, hockey history and tradition here that most are unaware of. And I think the last thing is they've been good and they're fun to watch. I mean, the second straight game seven, I'll be watching tonight and I don't watch sports live at all. We're talking to Greg Bishop, Sports Illustrated senior writer here on Canty Canty and Carlin. And I heard you say a minute ago, the Sonics were yanked from our grasp. So (laughs) does the success of the Kraken get us any closer to finally getting an NBA team back in Seattle, the return of the Supersonics? Yeah, I, I think it's a great point, and I think that it definitely can't hurt, right? You know, this was, uh, when this experiment was first announced, and they said that hockey was going to come back, and they were going to renovate Key Arena, which obviously was the big problem in terms of the NBA leaving, you know, it seems sort of like, I, I sort of felt like we were going to be Kansas City, right? Like, you, you build a big arena, you want basketball to come back, it never actually comes back. But I think it's actually changed a little bit, that calculus. Like, the way that they redid Climate Pledge is what it's now called. It's, it's a lot more friendly to the things that the NBA said that it wanted. There are more suites. Uh, it's very sustainable, more so than most stadiums in all of professional sports. Uh, there's a great neighborhood that exists right around the arena called Queen Anne that's starting to be built up again. And I just think when you watch it, this is not a place that was ever a hockey town, to my knowledge. And the the number of season ticket packages that were purchased just totally blew my mind. But I think it speaks to this is a place with a lot of sports fans. They're happy to jump on the bandwagon. And they've shown that they'll fill that arena for hockey. So why not for basketball? In fact, at this point, what I'm most worried about is the Sonics will come back and somebody like me won't be able to afford the ticket. So I would say... I feel a lot more like the Sonics um, coming back is imminent, and I think you're going to see that uh, NBA expansion in the next couple of years here. We're talking to senior, Sports Illustrated senior writer Greg Bishop here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio alongside Andre Snellings and Michael Rothstein. And to follow on that even more, the success of the Seattle Storm, both in on-court work and also how they draw, is that part of this too? And, and, and was that part of it even with get, maybe getting the crack in there also? Yeah, I think I don't think it hurts. Uh, you know, that's a stadium. I mean, they sell out that arena for WNBA basketball. And in part because you're right, the storm were incredible. You have Sue Bird. You had Brianna Stewart. You had all those four titles in 20 years. And I just think, yeah, it's more proof. And, you know, we had the women's final four this year. I mean, uh, the women's uh, regional this year. And that Caitlin Clark game, I'll never forget the atmosphere that was there. I just think that this this town, Seattle, has a, has a spot in its heart for sports. And I think what you see is, you know, people that love sports, a lot of tech executives, a lot of people that have no problem, you know, shelling out for tickets. 
And to me, it all kind of works together. You know, you have, I think, a pretty interesting period right now in Seattle sports. Greg, thank you so much for the time. And uh, if if you need a second job, you could probably be like the ambassador for Seattle sports right now, I think. Yeah, well, maybe uh, maybe I'll be with the Kraken, you know, Just wear tentacles <laughs> on my hands everywhere I go and uh, wave them at random strangers, you know, anything is possible. <laughs> I, I'm now picturing that, and that, that's going to be in my nightmares for a while. Thanks a lot, bud. <laughs> Thanks for having me. That was Greg Bishop, Sports Illustrated senior writer here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Don't forget tonight, Kraken, those Seattle Kraken at the Dallas Stars, Game 7. That's 8 o'clock. That starts on ESPN. I will be watching, but that's also because there's not a lot better than playoff hockey, especially Game 7 playoff hockey. You can't get much better than that. Andre Snellings. Coming up is the James Harden era over for the Sixers. If he moves on, would you consider it a failure in Philly? ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.